Hello and welcome to another edition of Lights, Camera, Sports. My name is Mike Galtieri. So happy to have you on board for another podcast. Lucky enough to have Mike Oresco, the commissioner of the American Athletic Conference, a conference that is on the rise. And uh, commissioner, so happy to have you on board. I know it's a special day for you as you announce your contract extension today. Well, uh, thank you, Mike. Uh, yeah, the conference did announce it. Uh, President's board uh, approved uh, a new contract, which I've I've signed, and thrilled. I'm thrilled to be working for this conference and this group of presidents and athletic directors, coaches, and most of all, of course, our student athletes. We've had we've had great success here, and uh, we're going to continue to uh, to you know obviously uh, push our our Power Six narrative, which is not built on sand; it's built on reality on what we've accomplished. And I just couldn't be happier to uh, to lead this group. And, uh, you know, we've got a bright future. It's a night and day where we were, Mike, uh, five years ago compared to where we are now. And uh, now the the issue is just continue to build and, and make it sustainable. And we'll get all to that in a second. But let's just backtrack. I'm from Connecticut. I know you're from Central Connecticut. Just talk about your time growing up in the Middletown era. You went to Xavier. Did you always enjoy sports from a young age, Commissioner? Oh, I absolutely did, Mike. You know, I, I consider myself one of the luckiest people who ever lived in many ways. I'm just, I've been always healthy and also had a wonderful childhood growing up in Middletown. Uh, my parents were just hardworking factory workers who uh, were just wonderful people and, and uh, had a great extended family. Uh, they uh, valued education enormously, and, and that was huge in, in my upbringing. Uh, I did go to Xavier High School. I think you mentioned that you were a Northwest Catholic graduate, and that was one of our rivals. Uh, I had a great experience at Xavier, played sports, played football, and played baseball. In fact, my uh, old high school football coach is the chair of the UConn Board of Trustees. I mean, how's that for a coincidence? That's right, Larry McHugh, uh, right? Absolutely. He was our high school football coach back in the mid-'60s, late-'60s. And uh, in any event, I had a, a wonderful time there. Uh, I've always been interested in sports, played sports throughout you know, my entire childhood, Little League, Intermediate League, as we called it then, and all sorts of other things. Uh, never was very good at uh, basketball and uh, didn't know too much about hockey, but uh, <laughs> followed, you know, followed all the major sports, huge, huge Yankees and Giants fan and, and you know, all of that. But in any event, uh, we, uh, again, it was, uh, it was a wonderful, uh, you know, uh, time in, in, in Middletown. And then, uh, you know, I, I uh, attended Tufts University, had a great experience there, uh, a wonderful school and uh, played freshman baseball. I was actually the starting shortstop on the freshman team. I decided not to go out for the varsity. I played intramurals, had a lot of fun, uh, really focused more on studies than, than probably athletics. Uh, a lot like Jim Delaney, you know, he used to talk about how he cared more about sports than academic stuff when he was growing up. And until I got to high school and the Zaverian brothers really impressed on me the you know, the the need to, to perform to my level of ability and test scores and all. I was <laughs> I was always a good student, but I, I think I could have done a little better and then finally uh you know, blossomed in that regard and, and, and spent a lot of time obviously uh you know, became very intellectually curious. But anyway, you don't need all that background. I, I just wanted to uh mention though that uh, you asked about my background. I, I was a lawyer for a while, uh uh, in Hartford, I uh, did some uh, work at an insurance company, real estate investment, but got a very uh, serendipitous uh, meeting with somebody who was starting to work at ESPN in its early days. We became friends. I was eventually offered a job in the legal department there and then transitioned over to programming. Uh, and that has really made my career and, and, and you know, in many ways, you know, uh, it's been a wonderful uh, life, a uh, family, loved 
the whole thing with the sports and, and, and being at ESPN and then at CBS for 16 years and now at, at this this outstanding conference. And, and I've enjoyed every stop along the way. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, my family's enjoyed it. My two sons enjoyed it, my wife. Uh, she's been a great ambassador for, for, for me and, and for the league now that I've been in this job. Uh, so it's been a, it's been a, a very fortunate career. I, I've not got the slightest complaint. You know, you always have your issues as you go through your career and you do things, but I've got nothing to complain about at all. It's been great. And, uh, you know, uh, here we are, and now it's really a focus on this conference and continuing to make this conference uh, a great uh, competitive national uh, brand that, that I think we're doing that, and I think we've got to just continue. And, Commissioner, what attracted you? You obviously were working at ESPN, then you went to CBS Sports, the program. What attracted you to then be the commissioner of the Big East Conference at that time and kind of leave programming and go to the other side of it? Well, you know, I love my time in TV, and to be with ESPN when it was in its early days when people people used to actually, believe it or not, make, make fun of it. They used to say to me, oh, you do tractor pulls and monster truck shows, don't you? That kind of thing. <laughs> and, and look what it became, and to be there for that. And I was there for all the formative years. Uh, I left in 96 when ESPN2 was already well-established as well. Uh, and then to be at CBS during its golden age, you know, Sean McManus did a wonderful job you know, uh, resurrecting that network, and I was there to for those big NCAA deals and for bowl games, and then of course the seminal SEC football deal and and all sorts of other things. And I obviously got to uh, to be involved in a network that was uh, only getting better and growing, and, and it was in tough shape when I got there because you know they didn't have the NFL, and uh, Sean came in, did a wonderful job, uh, and is still there doing a wonderful job. And so I had. I had great bosses. I had people like Steve Bornstein and, and Sean McManus, from whom I learned a great deal and, and obviously was able to work with them. Uh, I think I needed a change. I think that um, I was anxious for a different challenge. Uh, when that, and, and I didn't expect it because I, didn't, you know, I was contacted by a search firm. I thought the Big East had pretty much already settled on a commissioner at the time, but I guess they hadn't. And uh, I was definitely interested in that. I had been in collegiate sports for 35 years. I did probably 15 or 20 different sports in terms of uh, programming and, 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 you know, organizing things at ESPN. You know, I did, I did all sorts of things such as uh, horse racing and bodybuilding and boxing. They could have made me do boxing. But I, <laughs> I, I was an old boxing fan growing up with my dad watching boxing, so I, I, I knew the sport. But, uh, you know, did billiards, did uh, exercise shows, did you know, all sorts of things, uh, rodeo, and, and it was a great experience. But college sports were, were the fundamental thing I enjoyed. I did CFA football in those days and uh, and basketball and then was head of college sports at ESPN. At CBS, uh, focused almost primarily on college sports and then the CBS Sports Network, which was mainly college sports. And, uh, you know, so I, I knew the landscape. I had dealt with all the commissioners. They were all close friends, many of the ADs. I knew pretty much every AD in the country over that span of time. And it just seemed like a natural fit, and I've never regretted a day of it. We've had a lot of tough times here. The, the first year when the Big East broke up was very difficult, as you can imagine. But I always felt if you put your head down and, and just concentrate and, and get through it, you know, you never want somebody saying about you that, you know, you were at your best when the going was easy. You know, you wanted to be obviously, um, you know, uh, you have to meet the challenges, and we did. Uh, so I never regretted it one bit. It's been very challenging. It's been a lot of fun. It's been 
very varied. I've never seen, you know, Mike, anything quite like this. You know, from day to day, you do about 15 different things. There are all sorts of issues politically. There are a lot of minefields to navigate in college sports these days. You know, we've got a lot of challenges ahead, headwinds. You know, the old P5 and the G5 business is a struggle for us. But, you know, we've got a big TV negotiation coming up in a few years. But yeah. I've enjoyed it immensely. And, uh, it's again, I'm very lucky. We've got a great, and I can't stress this enough, a great group of presidents, uh, we've had some turnover there, as every every conference does. The, the ones who were here originally were incredibly supportive. The ones who are here now are just as supportive. And we have a great group of ADs. We, our, our ADs tend to be on the younger side. They're a great group, energetic, ambitious uh, for the conference. And uh, we've got terrific coaches. You know, you've seen that, football and basketball and Olympic sports. And, and most of all, though, we have determined student-athletes who have competed at a level that probably no one around the country expected. Uh, I thought they could do it. You never know until they do do it, but they have been, they've done remarkable things. Look at what we've done in football. Look what we've done in basketball, women's basketball, and Olympic sports. We've had a lot of success as well. So I'm just pleased to be able to represent these great people, and uh, we'll uh, see where it goes. And I know you came out recently with your strategic plan uh, to the, with the goal of reaching the Power Five to make it the Power Six. Just talk about, you know, sum up that plan for our listeners and to get for the pathway for the American to reach the Power Six level. You know, Mike, I never really thought we had, had a choice. We were either going to be in that group or we were going to go backwards. There's no middle ground. You know, we never liked being uh, thrown into this whole G5 business, and it's no offense to the other G5 conferences. Believe me, they're outstanding conferences. But we felt that we were closer to the P6 from day one. Uh, we've now proven it. Um, we thought that in the end, you know, with six schools that were once BCS or old Southwest Conference members, four were in the old Big East, including Temple, which played in the old Big East in football. And, and then we had SMU and Houston, who were obviously old Southwest Conference schools. We already have half our conference was in that grouping. We also have a national brand in Navy. And we had other schools that were very close and were aspirational in terms of being in that group, and that includes schools like East Carolina, schools like Memphis, schools like UCF, schools like Tulsa. So we've got a great group of schools. Uh, we have to, uh, you know, obviously um, advance the P6 narrative because I think we've earned it on the field and on the court. Now, I would say this. It's not the end game. It is a, it is a campaign to try to get you, the media, and the public on our side, feeling that we are a P6 conference. We've had many media people now talk about it and we've had others say we're the unofficial six power conference that's the first step then we've got to find a legislative way to actually become an autonomy conference but the first thing you have to do is establish yourself in in competitively and in other ways we're we're doing everything legislatively that the autonomy conferences are doing we have the ability to opt into what they're doing and we're doing it we're in huge markets we've got 2.6 million alumni we've got outstanding academic schools top to bottom We've got all the makings of a P6 conference. We don't have we have a wonderful TV deal in terms of exposure, but we don't have the money yet, and that's a catch-22. You know what comes first? Obviously, a better TV deal would help us. We don't have a contract bowl. We were denied that four or five years ago. There wasn't much we could do about it. We do have the group of five, you know, uh, slot that we've had. We've had it once. We also had an automatic in 13, but UCF would have had it then that year. We obviously have been very successful winning those two big bowl games. But we need an automatic bid down the road. We need something, a quasi-contract bowl bid in the interim that we can, we can try to work with some of the 
you know, the other, as we call them, the other P6 conferences to do that. So we've got some definite headwinds we're still fighting, but we're optimistic that we can get there, that our schools have proven that even without the resources of the, of the P5 right now, we can compete at a high level. We, we have a, a way of doing it. We, uh, we don't necessarily recruit four- and five-star football players. Basketball, we can recruit pretty much anyone. We have incredible pedigree in basketball. Football, we're developing our pedigree, and we know that you know we can't pay our coaches what the P5 do, but look at the great coaches we've hired. Look at our programs. Look at how successful we've been. I think it is sustainable. And that's going to be our goal, obviously, as we move forward. And I really liked your analogy. I listened to a recent interview you did down in Memphis where you said you compare your conference to, like, the airline industry. You're like Southwest JetBlue, and compared to the other conferences, we're like the legacy carriers. Can you just explain to our audience what you meant with that analogy? Yeah, so I think we have to do things differently. You know, I also talked about George Washington and the Revolutionary War, and I didn't want to be grandiose in any way, but, you know, he couldn't fight the British head-on. Had he done that, the revolution would have ended in a week or two. He had to fight on the fringes and then eventually gain strength and, and do things differently. Uh, we, the same thing with the airlines. We, we're we not the Big Ten, and we're not the SEC, and we're not going to be. And neither is are some of the other conferences that are in the so-called P5. Uh, we have to do things differently. We can't compete with them head-on. We can't try to be on Saturday uh, every week because the networks will, will take their games. What we had to do was build our brand differently and be innovative. We've done a ton of Thursdays and Fridays. It's not the easiest thing in the world to do, but we get great exposure. We're alone on those nights. The college community is watching us. We had the two highest-rated Thursday games this past year. So we're doing it differently. We have to recruit differently. We can't go after five stars and compete with Michigan and Ohio State and Florida. They're likely to go there. But we, we understand that you can get two stars, one star, three stars, and if you get uh, young men with heart, and, and guts and the ability to compete and a chip on their shoulder. And, and if our coaches are shrewd and can find kids who can develop with scholarship limits, they're out there with the, the transfer limitations, they stay with us, we've got a chance to compete, and that's exactly what we're doing. But we'd be silly to think that you know we're the Big Ten and we're going to reap those five-star kids. Now, once in a while, you know, you get an Ed Oliver from Houston. It's wonderful to see, and I hope yes. we get more. doesn't mean we don't want to get them, but we have to be smarter about things. We have to recruit smarter. The same thing with coaches. We can't go out and compete, you know, at 5 and $6, 7000000 million salaries with some of these coaches. We understand that. So what have we done? We've hired the top offensive and defensive coordinators in the entire country. I mean, when you had Chad Morris who built the – program with Dabo at, at uh, Clemson. You've got Philip Montgomery from Baylor. What, look what Tom Herman did coming from Ohio State. Look what uh, you know, Luke Fickle's now taken over, defensive coordinator at uh, you know Cincinnati. We had uh, Bob Diaco at UConn. Uh, he was a defensive coordinator at Notre Dame. You know, Jeff Collins, defensive coordinator at Florida. Scotty Montgomery, what a pedigree. You know, he was with Mike Tomlin, and then he was also with David Cutcliffe. And you go up and down the line, Mike Norvell, uh, innovative offensive coordinator at Arizona State. You know, Willie Fritz. We have some veterans, you know, leavening this. We've got, you know, uh, uh, Randy Edsel, and we've got Kenny Niamatololo with his incredible record of success at Navy. We've obviously got Willie Fritz. We've got, uh, you know, obviously uh, we had Willie Taggart. Uh, but even Willie was, an, uh, you know, was lesser known, uh, you know, until he, he did well at USF. We've got Scott Frost, offensive coordinator at Oregon at UCF. All up and down the line, we've got a mix of veterans and, and younger coaches. But we had to do it differently. So those are some examples of why we compete differently. And I did compare us to JetBlue and, and, and Southwest because they are now considered major carriers. 
but they didn't compete head-on with Delta and United and American. That wouldn't have been a strategy that worked. Uh, we're also a friendly conference, not that the others aren't, but we try to we try to reach out to everyone. We try to schedule everyone. We, we try to show that we're part of them. We support them on major initiatives. We were very uh, supportive on the, uh, the, the major, um, you know, recruiting, the new recruiting model initiative. We uh, we try to work with our comrades, you know, uh, yeah, maybe the right comrades, <laughs> the wrong word, with our compatriots, with our uh, you know our friends from the other conferences, uh, and we just have to do things differently here on a lot of levels. You know, we can't spend the money they spend on other things, but we just have to be innovative, and and that's what we'll continue to be. And eventually, you know, we're building strength. We're we're becoming that that major carrier, even though we do do it differently. And Commissioner, last couple of minutes here, let's just talk about the TV deal. You have a history, your background in television, as you mentioned earlier. The deal was the first deal you had was in 2013, so we're now approaching four years. Any plans to try re-engage in talks and try to get a new TV deal coming in the next year or two, and uh, to try to compound on that success that you mentioned that you've had in the last couple of years? And what do you think that TV deal will look like? Now, will it be more streaming online, more digital, more traditional Thursday night games, Friday night games? I know you created the Thursday night package basically on ESPN when you were there, so you have a lot of background in that regard. What do you think just a general outlook for the next TV deal for the American Conference will look like? Uh, yeah, and before getting to that, you know, that Thursday night package was a perfect example. It wasn't our idea at ESPN. It was really, I think, Chuck Ninus's idea from the old CFA. I was uh, given the job of putting it together, uh, and that first year I looked at the schedule and said, my goodness, what am I going to do? How am I, I going to get teams to play on Thursday? You know, I, I, we, we knew Texas Tech wanted to do it, but you couldn't put them on every week. And, and constantly I just made a lot of phone calls. It was basic old-fashioned shoe leather. And I talked to a lot of schools that I thought would be willing to host a Thursday, maybe schools that needed exposure but were good schools, were, were competent schools, were, were doing well in football. Some of the marquee programs were willing to play on the road on Thursday as long as they had the, uh, you know, the rest the week before but wouldn't do it at home. Uh, so, you know, it was, you know, I've been given a lot of credit for that, but, in fact, it was not my idea. It was Chuck Ninus's idea, I believe, and then the executives at CBS, Bornstein, Steve Bornstein, Lauren Matthews, uh, asked me to you know put it together. I was the one who was doing the day-to-day CFA college football, uh, and that was my role. But you could see that something like that became pure gold pretty quickly, uh, and, and you know that was it. In terms of TV, you've asked the seminal question for our conference: What's TV going to look like? Yes, we didn't have a lot of leverage back five years ago, Mike. We we were in disarray. Let's be honest. Yeah. We were in tough shape. Uh, you know, the networks didn't really want to deal with us. Fortunately, we had friends at you know, at ESPN, and also we had a, a bid, pretty significant bid at least from another network that ESPN was more than willing to match, and they've been a great partner. They've been terrific. Obviously, we would want to continue with them, uh, but also possibly do a different kind of deal down the road. Uh, it's possible that we could have a, a three-tiered deal where we, we, you know, we, we work with ESPN. We, uh, we potentially, you know, continue to, to do some things with a network like CBS, which has a sub-license with ESPN at the moment. Uh, and then possibly uh, do online. Online is going to become very important. There might even be a, a fourth tier of local rights left over. You know, we do have 12 teams in football, 12 teams in basketball. Uh, but we're going to—we're not actually negotiating. But we'll probably sit down in 2018 with ESPN to see whether there's something that we can do earlier than later. But it's not a negotiation per se. But it'll be—it will—they have expressed some interest in, in sitting down with us. You know, we'll have at that point. Uh, you know, two, uh, you know, two, basically two more football seasons to go, 18 and 19. Uh, 
you know, if he can do something earlier with, with a network like ESPN, which has been a great partner and is still, despite all this cord cutting and all the other stuff you read about, they're still the most powerful brand, not even close, and they're smart guys and they're going to figure this out. So, we're, you know, we've added great value to them with Thursdays and Fridays and other things. Uh, we've got, obviously, Navy came on board after the deal was already done, and, and they've been a great addition. So we've got a lot of, uh, you know, we've got some arrows in our quiver, but we've got to work with them. And then down the road, we have a negotiation period beginning in, in early, very early 19. That's when, obviously, if we haven't done anything, you know, with ESPN at that point, we would be in the open market. And so we have relationships, but, you know, we we think we've provided so much more value that we're worth a lot more, and we just have to figure out now whether, you know, the online companies are going to be involved. I have a feeling they might be in a year or two. And maybe you, you put together uh, ancillary packages. You know, I think ESPN might be amenable to that. You know, they produce an awful lot of our stuff, even on networks that, that are, you know, uh, more obscure. And, and, you know, it's possible that you could um, do some innovative things. We've been thinking about TV night and day for quite a while now. And uh, it's going to be obviously our major focus. We absolutely, as a conference, need a better TV deal financially, and we obviously want to keep the great exposure we've had. The ESPN exposure, Mike, has helped us build our brand. You know, we've had 32 football games with over a million viewers, which is a credit to us too, because obviously people want to watch us. Yes, no we've question. Also had, you know, we've had 19 wins in the last two years against the P5 and Notre Dame. We easily could have had a half dozen others, including that heartbreaking Temple loss to Notre Dame few years ago, which was the highest rated, uh, you know, one of the highest rated games that season. And I think it had outrated the Ohio State-Penn State game, which and, was in the same slot. And that was a Saturday before. night primetime game, I believe, as well. It sure was. And then they went uh, to Independence Hall in Philadelphia for game day, and, and you had 40 buses coming down from Temple. That was one of the great evenings we've ever had as a conference, but unfortunately it didn't quite end the way we wanted when Temple lost a heartbreaker at the very end after leading with only a few minutes left. But nevertheless, it did a lot for them and their, their gallant players and then the brand. So we, you know, we're, we're way ahead of where we were. Now we have to make sure that we do the right kind of TV deal, that we do it intelligently. Again, I don't know when it's going to get done, uh, but obviously it'll have to get done in 19. And, and we think that's probably the timing's probably good because ESPN is going to recover this cord cutting business. Uh, they're they're going to go, you know, they've got a great online strategy. I don't know it all. Uh, and I don't know, you know, the network like I once did, but I do know that they're really, really bright people, and they've got, you know, some ideas about how to get some of those subs back. Uh, and even with the subs they have, they're a powerful brand. You know, they don't go around jettisoning, deal, jettisoning deals that, that are really valuable, and uh, we, we have a great relationship with them. So the, the TV is going to be very critical for our membership. We know it. And uh, we'll just have to see again uh, where that goes. Yeah, I remember I worked at ESPN from 2008 to 2010 under Ed Placey for college football production. And uh, he just as you mentioned, just a great guy. And you're right, they know what they're doing. And I, I think they will get it back on track. Well, Ed Placey has been a good friend. And when I call Ed and I have an issue or whatever, he, he responds immediately. He's been extremely supportive. You know, they basically what it comes down to is this, you know, uh, Mike. They didn't know what we had five years ago. Uh, they thought we had enough to want to do a deal with us. It wasn't the kind of deal we wanted financially. And if you're them, you, you didn't need to do that kind of deal. But on the other hand, they now see that we are way beyond what everyone thought we'd be. And Ed Placey uh, has told us how much his guys love doing our games. We have highly competitive teams. We play the P5 uh, often dead even. 
we play about 60% of the time on the road, and so we don't always win those games, but we're very competitive. We play an exciting style of play. We're not the only conference that does, but we do. We've got great players. We had more draft picks in the first five rounds this year than the uh, Big 12 did. We've had top picks every year. We have first-round picks constantly. You know, Blake Bortles, Hassan Reddick. We have great stories, top to bottom. I'm very proud of our compliance. I'm proud of the kind of kids we have. You know, you have an issue here and there, but for the most part we've had teams with great camaraderie and great, you know, uh, academic uh, success. Temple graduates all their kids. Uh, as I said to people, this is not your grandfather's Memphis or Temple. They're much more competitive. They want to win. They have great leadership. Uh, we, we've just got everything in place. Now, the issue is it's still hard. We're, we're challenging ourselves at a level that most people thought was crazy, but it's not. And I think we've proven we can do it. Now the question is, uh, for a little while, we're still going to have to get by with lesser resources. And even down the road, we're not going to have the resources of the Big Ten or the SEC or possibly some of the other conferences. We know that. But if we can get a lot more, we'll be that much more competitive than, than we already are. And I think we will take our place among the P6, and we'll figure out a way to you know, officially get there. And, and that's going to be key. And then once the college football playoff plays out down the road, I think we'll get back to, to where we were in, in those areas as well. It's going to take some time. not going to happen overnight, but I think we're on the right track. Commissioner, too, before I let you go, i got to give you a lot of credit. You survived the Big 12. Uh, you kept your head high. You always were very positive. I'll give you a lot of credit with that in terms of them trying to you know, talk about taking a conference member from you guys. You guys survived that, and then you added Wichita State as a basketball-only and Olympic sports school. Just quickly talk about their addition to the conference as they join, I believe, this September, correct? They do, and it's a great addition, and it was extremely well-received by everyone, the college community, the media. Uh, they had wanted to upgrade to a league like ours, and we're very pleased to have them. They're a great brand. They've become a terrific national brand. They're a sustainable program. That's another thing, Mike. I wanted to make sure our basketball was strong also. You know, we had a very good first year in basketball back when UConn won the title, and we had five teams in the top 25 that year at various times. We have great women's basketball, obviously, with the UConn women. But we have other teams like USF and Tulane and, and Temple that are always competitive, and we have others that are getting there. So our women's basketball is strong. Olympic sports are strong. But in terms of, you know, uh, Wichita, that was a great addition. Our basketball is on the cusp of being really good. UConn and Temple are going to bounce back quickly. You know, we've got powerful programs at Cincinnati and Houston now and UCF and, and SMU. Uh, Tulsa's young, and, and we've got pedigree in basketball, too, probably pedigree that we didn't have in football, though football were developing it quickly. Um, and we had some, but we didn't have as much as in basketball. we got great coaches. We have great coaches in both sports. Uh, you know, when you have a, a Mick Cronin and a Kevin Ollie, a one, Kevin Ollie's won a title. When you have a Calvin Sampson Final Four coach, when you have a Tubby Smith has won a title, when you've got Johnny Dawkins, look what he's done, Mike Dunley. I can go up and down the list. I'm going to forget some people, obviously. But the point is, we're we're in good shape there, and uh, I think we we uh, we survived the Big Twelve. You know that was a, a very very difficult period, but it was also one. I knew what our schools needed to do. Look, the P five is very very alluring. Now, come on, they 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 have all that money. They have uh, a level of prestige. They have recruiting advantages that, that we don't have yet. But we and I knew we might lose some schools. And if we had, we'd have regrouped. We'd have been fine, uh, and and I would have. Uh, uh, you know, been happy for the schools that got all the extra money and all of that. But uh, so I understood what they were going through, and I wanted to support them because it was very difficult. You know, obviously it wasn't dual loyalty. It was just they had to do what they had to do. And, and I think by being, you know, uh, being understanding, I think it kept the conference cohesion. 
don't think you know anybody resented the conference office. We we certainly knew what they needed to do, and once it didn't happen, and we had no idea that it wouldn't happen. We thought it might at one point. Once it didn't happen, we said, okay, let's just regroup now. We know this is probably going to be a long-term situation. Let's build this conference. Let's focus on this conference now. Let's let's uh, energize it more than we ever have. And I think the ADs and presidents have certainly bought into that notion. Uh, we, we have good camaraderie. We Obviously, the strategic plan was released. It talks about serious benchmarks that I think many many were achieving. But it also has its priorities straight, you know, health and safety first, academic excellence second, athletic success, and then obviously our branding and marketing is very important, as well as communications. And then, of course, revenue generation is going to be critical for the league. So I think it it, it holds together on, on key areas. It's, it's also a guide for us. It's a written guide. We didn't necessarily need something written because we've been doing all those things. Or, But we thought if we write things down and we'll think of more things, which we did, we'll be able to reference it and see whether we're doing what we should be doing. It's an excellent document, I think, and, and it's, great for, uh, it's a great roadmap for our conference. So, again, uh, we, we know we have challenges, Mike. We're not we're not naive, you know. We're not Pollyannish about this. Yeah. But on the other hand, we're very proud of what we've accomplished, and we think we can, we certainly can go a lot further. And Commissioner, lastly, we're based in New England. Obviously, UConn, New England school. Just give us your thoughts on both UConn's men's basketball and UConn football, and what the UConn fans can expect in the next couple of years uh, under play at the American Conference. Well, first of all, you know, obviously, kudos to Gino and what he's done with the women and the remarkable 111-game winning streak. Yeah, no question. And then in football, you know, Randy Edsel is a great addition. Randy's already becoming – he's a spokesman for our coaches. He's highly respected. He'll get UConn's football program back on its feet a lot quicker than people think. Basketball, they've just had a couple of lean years. Although they were in the tournament two years ago and they and they won our championship. But they had some bad injuries this year. It was really difficult to lose so many key guys at the, at the outset. Uh, Kevin will get that program back on track. They've recruited well. Uh, he made some changes, and they obviously had some people leave, but that doesn't mean that they don't have a tremendous nucleus. It's even more than a nucleus. They've got a lot of good players. Uh, they and Temple are going to be right back. Fran Dumphy's recruited extremely well. UConn is, is just a, 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 you know, they're a blue blood program. They're also uh, a major university. Uh, they're a beautiful campus. I give Susan Herbst all the credit in the world for what she's done building that university and the governor. And also, uh, you know, uh, Ward Manuel did a nice job, and David Benedict is one of our, you know, really, really sharp young ADs who's, you know, energizing the programs there, and they're focusing on fundraising. UConn is an extremely important school to our conference, as you can imagine. They have, obviously, national name recognition, as does Cincinnati. Those two Florida schools are, are juggernauts. But if you look up and down at our conference now, Mike, they're all contributing. Every school wants to be good. Every school's got... You know some real pluses, and uh, we think that in the end we're a nationally recognized brand now. Especially when you have a, a school like Navy, which is, you know, those kids are the best of the best, and we're proud to have them. Uh, we've got a great group of schools, and now it's just a question of let's keep pounding home our message. Let's yep. make sure that people know who we are, and let's make sure we still compete. You know, <laughs> you still have to do it on the field. And you know, when people give me credit. I, I really, and I'm not being falsely modest in the sense that I, I don't deserve it because in terms of what our schools have done on the field, they had to do it. I don't play the games. Those <laughs> kids had to do it. Those kids did it, and what I can do is be a spokesman for them, be a relentless promoter when I have something to promote. I don't do it when I don't. 
But the point is, we've done remarkable things. Look at what we've done in football with top 10 teams and top 25 teams and huge bowl wins, and look what we've done in basketball with a national championship and four teams a few times in the tournament and women's basketball, Olympic sports, a national golf champion. We've got teams that have gone to the you know the Super Regionals, and we were 90 feet away from the, the College World Series last year with East Carolina. These are all you know, real achievements, and I give credit to our schools and to their administrators. If they didn't hire the coaches and pay those coaches, it wouldn't have happened. If those coaches didn't coach the way they do, it wouldn't have happened. But if our kids didn't have the heart of Lions, uh, it wouldn't have happened because look who they're playing, you know, 25 games every year against the P5 in football, basketball, some of the tougher non-conference schedules in the country. Our kids don't shy away, and, and it's my job to make sure they can, they can compete at the highest level, and it's my job to make sure – they get credit when they deserve it, and that's uh, they're doing it, not me, and it's it's wonderful to see. And Commissioner, the last couple seconds we have, as you were talking, you got me thinking, 2022, five years from now, where do we have the American Athletic Conference in your last last couple seconds here? Well, I hope we're, we're uh, you know, solidly among the, the, the P6, uh, if it's still a term that's used, and I hope we're, uh, you know, legislatively there, and I hope we're uh, uh, able on the cusp of, of a contract bowl game. I hope we're also... Uh, obviously the kind of basketball league that's producing Final Four teams and possibly even a national champion. I hope our women continue to to do great. I just hope that the conference continues to be as solid as it is in terms of compliance and academic excellence. I I hope that we're viewed nationally as a a nationally relevant, competitive, and top-tier conference. I think we will be and I think we'll only continue to, to get better. That's what I hope to see by, by that time. Well, hey, Commissioner, thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Commissioner Resco, Commissioner of the American Athletic Conference on the Lights, Camera, Sports Podcast. Really appreciate the time. You've done a great job th- thus far. Obviously, your contract extension speaks for itself, and uh, we wish you continued success and hopefully get to that Power 6 level, as you mentioned, in the next couple of years. Well, Mike, first of all, thanks for having me. And then second, thanks for the kind words. I really appreciate it. Well, absolutely, if you want me to do it again, I'd love to talk to you down the road. Uh, but thanks again for uh, you ask great questions. Obviously, uh, we've got a lot of uh, things to talk about down the road, but uh, appreciate having the chance to, to visit with you. Okay, Commissioner. And a Connecticut na- native is, as well, uh, Xavier Grad. Uh, thanks so much. And UConn Law. Appreciate it. Great to have those ties, and uh, congratulations on your background as well. Thank you again for having me. Okay, take care. Well, thanks once again to Commissioner Resco of the American Athletic Conference. Uh, so nice enough for him to join us here on Lights, Camera, Sports, the podcast. And you can see the American Conference is definitely trending in the right way. They want to get that Power 6, be a part of that now Power 5 level of conference affiliation. And as he mentioned, get that automatic bowl bid. It's so, so important to kind of escape from the group of five and to separate yourself to get to that power excuse me the group of six and go to the power five conference so a very interesting conversation and you know a topic that we need to follow the next couple years to see how the american continue can continue to trend upwards so thanks so much for listening here on the lights camera sports podcast once again my name is mike galtieri if you like to advertise remember just email lights camera sports ads ads at gmail.com. That's lights, camera, sports, all one word, ads, at gmail.com. Once again, thank you for the commissioner, and thank you for listening. We'll be back next week on the Lights, Camera, Sports Podcast. This is Mike Galtieri signing off.